Welcome to the very first Speak of the Devil Anthologies story arc. The series of standalone stories can be enjoyed in nearly any order. Each art gives a unique perspective on the Speak of the Devil universe, each being uh, in canon with the others. You'll never be lost if you skip an arc or listen to the arcs out of order, as each arc is its own entire story. But when you listen to multiple arcs, you may notice coinciding events that paint a larger picture of how the world is progressing. Our first episode, Composing Thunder, begins with three sword fighters brought together by the fates. They are... Gracios Katiop, a sword sage, uh, was once uh, found by uh, Fourhorns, a tiefling from the town of Amphale, uh, participating in gladiatorial games after they had been kidnapped by goblins. And uh, they fiercely studied under Four Horns uh, the ways of the blade, uh, attempting to uh, focus their usual anger into more uh, mental discipline. Uh, they became a swift and agile and somewhat polite individual, uh, traveling homeward for a long overdue visit to Four Horns, but stopping every so often for another side mission or an interesting person who may need assistance in the pursuit of fulfilling their life with unique experiences. Cool. Uh, I'm playing uh, Kiret Sarasis. Uh, she's a wandering Eldrin from a different area of the Feywild than someone you'll meet next. Uh, we know we don't all know each other. Um, she's cocky and a bit of a lush, looking more to have a good time than be a proper hero, but when shit gets real, she proves herself as an extremely competent fighter with a penchant for uh, defending the weak and meeting out justice. Uh, she's, it's hard to tell whether she's just being cagey about her past or if legitimately just nothing interesting happens, but she doesn't talk a whole lot about it. Um, out of character, she's a dex-based samurai fighter, and I am super pumped to go full weeb. <laughs> Uh, and I am Malvis, or more commonly Mal. Uh, she is an Eladrin, originally from the city of Luthalspar on the Isle of Evermeet in the Feywild. Uh, this is where she learned to become a bladesinger wizard. Despite her parents' insistence, she studied another, any other, arcane tradition. Uh, but she continued onward as a bladesinger, much to their dismay. Her obsession with the blade and melding dance with battle proved to be stronger than her parents' insistence. She is strong-willed, direct, and very proud of her Telkasir and ancestry. She believes Eldrin should act appropriately, they should be proper, and hold themselves to a higher standard than those around them. As a spry 98-year-old, she was swayed by her uncle Murfarin, Murphy for short, to leave the Feywild and travel to the Prime Material Plane. Uncle Murphy had long been at odds with the rest of the family as something of a black sheep, but always encouraged Mal in her blade singing. And for those reasons, they developed a strong relationship. So Murphy persuaded her to leave the Prime Material Plane and leave all the drama and family squabbles behind. They left, but it wasn't long before Mal discovered the truth behind Murphy's travel to the Prime Material Plane. He'd stolen a sword, an heirloom, from the family. He intended to sell it and make a fortune to retire with. Ashamed of what she'd done, of her part in helping Murphy, the two had a falling out. Murphy abandoned her in Waterdeep and she found herself in al alone in a big, strange city far from her own home. It was shortly after this that she met Kirith and Gracios. She was lost, alone, and scared. Everything came crashing down on her as she sat alone in a tavern she didn't even know the name of. The three of them forged a bond, rely nah. The three of them forged a bond and relying on the strength of her own newfound companions, 
set out after Murphy to reclaim her family's heirloom. Uh, this was years ago now. They never found Murphy, but they did find the sword known as Passing West, which now sits at Mal's side. But in finding the sword, a new mystery was revealed. A series of clues revealing the existence of a famed swordsman and master of bladed arts. The most recent clue points towards the city of Amphail, a little ways from Waterdeep. We're currently on our way there, but have stopped for the night in Waterdeep, planning to continue onward the following morning. Originally stopping at an inn called Bowels of the Earth, the group moved to the Unicorn's Horn and upscale in in the Trades Ward at Mal's insistence. The party leaves the comfort of the Unicorn's Horn. The inn is eerily silent as they check out and leave, and the moment they get outside, the reason becomes apparent. A huge crowd is gathered around the walls of the City of the Dead. There's dense cloud cover, a light rain, giving an even more unsettling air to what they witness. On the ramparts, the party sees several guards and four figures bound to large wooden logs. They begin to make out the words of a guard holding a scroll, magic clearly being used to amplify his voice above the murmuring of the crowd below. You have been found guilty of high treason, murder, and speaking the council's secrets. Your sentence is eternal banishment to the city of the dead. The guard steps to the next figure, the fourth of four. Last, and most egregiously, Dareth Fenyor, you have been found guilty of high treason, mass murder, assaulting city guards, destruction of city property, amounting to over 10,000 golden damages, and speaking the council's secrets. Your sentence is eternal banishment to the city of the dead. The guard nods at another guard who kicks the back of the first log, sending both the log and the bald bearded human tied to it, tumbling into the city of the dead below. As the second guard kicks the second log, a slight rumble can be felt. The clouds begin to break, and a slightly orange glow permeates the air. The second log is kicked, and a dwarf goes tumbling down with it into the city of the dead. Suddenly a hand points up from the crowd towards the sky, and then another, and then a dozen. Looking up, the party can see where they are pointing, as the clouds part, and behind the clouds, a gigantic flaming rock looms in the sky, descending slowly closer and closer. It takes only a moment for realization before panic sets into the crowd, many beginning to scream as they disperse, running in all directions. The party can't hear the guards on the ramparts, but many of them be begin to run as well. The guard with the scroll drops it and begins trying to shove the fourth log over. The half-elf tied to it tumbles into the city below. The guard begins to run and pushes the third log as he passes it. It teeters forward, then back, then falls sideways, stuck on the ramparts with the tiefling still tied to it. The panicked crowd reaches the party running past them, many of the citizens screaming to each other, I'll grab everything from the house. You, you get the children from daycare. Another yells about not having time to save their house pet. 
Many in the crowd are heading north to the field ward and the north gate. Uh, I think we need to go. Agreed. That's... We don't have anything, right? We just, just fucking leave, right? I am going to grab both of you. Well, can I grab both of you? I can only grab one of you. Fuck. Okay, we have to just run. <laughs> <laughs> that seems a prudent course of action. All right, so you start running. Uh, if I can get... North. <laughs> yeah, north. Where everyone else is running. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, give me a deck save. Hey, Johnny, quick question. You do realize this is the first campaign, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Natural 20. First roll. Nice. It's natural 20. Nice. What did everyone else get? I got a 14. I got 18. You all managed to not get trampled by the crowd as uh, you begin to move with it. Yeah, I, I picture Mal, like, uh, very elegantly, like, almost dancing through the crowd. Show off. <laughs> Everyone else is very grumpy about it. It's very uh, uh, airbender style. Um, as you begin running north, uh, you pass through many scenes of chaos. The first of which uh, is you see a group of four thugs uh, seeming seemingly robbing a young family. Okay. Uh, that's not gonna fly. Uh, can I? Like, just, like, sprint up to them and, like, just knock them on the back of the head. Give me an attack roll. Absolutely. That's not going to fly. I don't care if I ran into whatever bullshit. I should have had this ready. (laughs) Whatever bullshit. Yeah. Uh, A meteor crashing down. (laughs) It's whatever, yeah. Uh, That's going to be a 22. Yeah, that hits. Uh, You easily knock out the first of the four bandits. The other three uh, turn to look at you uh, and brandish their knives. Hey, Cut that shit out. What are you gonna do about it? I mean, just knocked him out. It wasn't hard. Oh, yeah, you can sucker punch someone. Now we know where you are. And... <laughs> does a five hit? <laughs> it doesn't, actually. Uh, one of them attempts to stab you and does not. Cool. Hey, All right. uh, maybe run for your life instead? Does a 19 hit? <laughs> <laughs> it does. Another one stabs you. Yeah. Fine. Uh, I'm gonna grab Gracio seeing this going mm-hmm. on and like pull you over there as well. <laughs> seeing my <clears throat> companion picking a fight with someone. Yeah. Oh yeah, hey, you it's take a uh... good reason. <laughs> I didn't say it was a bad reason. <laughs> take three damage. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> so after being um, pulled over, it doesn't sound like we're in official combat as of yet, due to no initiative, but I was going to attempt to intimidate all three of them. Cool. Uh, because, you know, you see big old dragonborn coming up to help out Eladrin buddies. You're a dragonborn? For some reason, I, th- I had it in my head that you were a tiefling. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Strange. So I wonder why. It's only because I love tieflings. Yeah. But no, I went with dragonborn this okay, time. Okay, good to know. Um, so also, uh, that's going to be... Um, that's an unnatural 20. Uh, yeah. Uh, your big dragonborn self walks up, and I'm just going to spitball your character and just goes, hmm. And all three of them go, uh, sorry about that. This is all a misunderstanding. And they grab their unconscious friend and head off. Cool. Uh, 
I would like to take that opportunity to help the family gather their stuff together. That one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a, just a straight we, we don't really have time to... <laughs> That's a natural <laughs> time. Time. Can take uh, care. You very quickly do that, uh, wasting almost no time. Excellent. There's always time to help. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we go now? <laughs> well, ultimately, the impact will probably crush us anyway. Oh, <laughs> you're so optimistic. Have, Come on. We, we, might mean, we are kind of thought, but we should probably I mean, try. We at least try. Yeah. Yes. Okay. How about this? If you're so pessimistic, uh, I will grab Kirith here. Uh, we will Dimension Door out of here, and then good luck. Well, nothing <laughs> ventured, nothing gained. We may as well try. <laughs> okay. Come on. Let's run. So the party continues running north, uh, this time coming by uh, looters in the process of lighting an inn on fire. The sign reads, The Hanging Lantern. Is that the shitty one? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I like that, that question. You don't like, know anything about it. You look at this tavern and you're like, well, how nice is the tavern? Do I want to help? Do I care about it? I mean, um, it's one of the crimes. Can I perceive if there are still innocent people inside? Uh, you can give me a perception check. I will totally do that. That would be a 16. Uh, you can't really see inside, mm. uh, but being an inn, it's reasonable to assume that there could be. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How many? How <laughs> many arsonists? Maybe? Mel's definitely going to continue running until noticing that her two companions are <laughs> like not again. Just... You do you see that? <laughs> like pointing up, like. <laughs> uh, looking up, you notice that. Uh, one, it's getting bigger and closer, <laughs> and two, that it is falling unnaturally slowly. Oh, okay. Uh, Still concerned, but... Does yeah. it have, like, a big angry face on it? <laughs> <laughs> like a moon? <laughs> Weirdly, no. Uh, it, you do notice that it is almost a perfect sphere. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what are the, the... The people trying to set it on fire, do they look like... Well, I guess they're trying to set it on fire. So I was going to say, do they look unsavory, but they're trying to set the inn on fire, so... <laughs> they look like arsonists. Hey! Um, in in the effort to uh, continue our escape quickly, um, and seeing both Gracios and, I'm assuming, Kirith <laughs> noticing this and, like, making their way over there, um, Mal is going to... Uh, she pulls out her sword... And, like, with a flick of the wrist, disappears um, and stabs each of them. Up to six of them. Up to six of them. Nice. Uh, I'm not even going to make you roll damage. Uh, Six of them fall to the ground. And then she uh, just, like, appears next to one of them as they fall down. Very, I guess that's very anime. Like... (laughs) Do you, do you As she's putting the sword away. Put the sword away and then six of them fall yes, at the exact exactly. moment. Excellent. I'm was, a fan of this. Yes. Oh, I knew that this was going to happen when we did a sword party. Um, <laughs> I was ready. Who would have guessed it was me that would do it, right? Uh, the other two flip the fuck out and leave, <laughs> dropping their torches. Okay. We should spread inside and help them out. Yeah, yeah. That sounds... <laughs> Perfectly, re- like I'm just a little impressed by, by that scene. Yeah, I'm I've just seen like, this before, mm, yes. No, I did that so that we could continue. Okay, you're already going inside. <laughs> uh, kind of wanted to call after the arsonist. It will be on fire soon enough. <laughs> it, it is pointless to try. <laughs> um, 
the two of you that go inside, give me a dex check. Um, wait, like a dex check? Just mm-hmm. start dex? Mm-hmm. 17. Mm, I got an 11. Um, as you enter, uh, you realize that uh, there's already a fire indoors. Uh, and a flaming plank lands on your head Oof. as it falls. Uh, take 8 damage. Oof. Uh, and then, if someone who didn't get hit in the head with a flaming log wants to give me a perception check. Yes. Is a 16. You do not see anyone inside. Right. <laughs> Except for Gracios. <laughs> Except for Gracios, who has a flaming log on their head. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fairly certain that the gravity of the situation will remove it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> gravity. Ha ha. Ha ha. Boo. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, you don't hear anyone there. Like, ah, fire! Okay. Well, fuck it. I'm out. Yes, I noticed. Fire. fire. No, I wasn't saying. I was saying they would. You know what? Let's leave. Yeah. Uh, you continue on, and you approach the gate to the field ward, uh, which is wide open. In the field ward, you see uh, dozens of citizens lined up next to a tree stump out of which weapons are being pulled and distributed. What? How? Like a hollow tree stem? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Hmm. I remember that. <laughs> um, the person handing out the weapons is a dapper-looking Goliath wearing a bow tie. Hmm. <laughs> uh, outside the city, when you finally reach the secondary gate, uh, there is chaos. War bands of orcs are clashing with both the guards of Waterdeep and the armed citizenry in a three-way block brawl. The flaming rock looms only a few hundred feet over the city, still descending at an arduous and unnatural pace. Its scale becomes clear with proximity. At its widest point, the rock appears to be about the width of a city wall. 